What's up, creeps? And welcome to another episode of Rain Stew. Yeah, I'm Rain Stew, baby. It's a welcome to the trees falling naturally. We got Matthew. I'm digging through oh, yeah. the ditches. I'm burning through those motherfucking witches or bitches or whatever you want to call them. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing another top five countdown on this episode of Brain Stew. And we couldn't do it alone. b rat ta 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 Our boy b rat is actually in the process of relocating himself. So we are joined by a very special guest, our buddy Kellen, who joined us a couple of months ago for our top kills of the Friday the 13th franchise. Kellen, what the fuck is up, man? What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be back. And you Slamming do a show. Dragula. You, you do a show, man. So just, you know, for those uninitiated that haven't heard you on the show before, just tell them what your show is and what it's all about. Uh, my show is Kellen's Petty Talk Show, and I interview awesome horror guests, uh, not non-horror guests, musicians, and pretty much everything in between. I just pretty much change up the guests every week, and we have fun with it. Do you interview porn stars at all? Uh, actually, that's coming. That's no no pun intended, but that is on its way. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Look what we just did there. And I was actually just 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 guessing the possibility of that. I mean, hey, they're entertainers as yeah. well, so and very interesting to listen to. But ladies and gentlemen, we are here to count down top movies, top five movies, and the subject is a subject that I feel like Jeremy. You may be able to comment on this a little bit better than I, but we've both lived in this world of horror for many years, and I feel like this director's movies are always so fucking divisive and split down the middle, and the arguments continue on social media every day, and they've never ended. The Monsters came out last week, so I felt it only right to talk about Rob Zombie movies. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah! Yeah! But I feel like, I mean, you guys could comment on this, though. I feel like he's that one director that, I mean, no matter where you look, it, it's not 60-40. It's literally 50-50 in terms of people either loving his shit or fucking hating it most of the time. And the, totally. people, that, the people that love it, like, they live it, they breathe it, it is their fucking life. Dude, go to one of his concerts, and it's unbelievable. It's just a worship party in stadiums for this yeah. guy. Like, these people... They're not just a fan. Like, it's a fucking f- phenomenon for them. Like, they like worship. A cult, right? Yeah, it's like a gathering worship. of the juggalos, but it's zombie fans. One one hundred percent, and it's it's really fucking cool. And even though I don't love everything that he does, I mean, a he's a fucking hell of a performer. You know, I saw him several years ago. So good. And. I'd never seen him. I didn't really have a huge interest in seeing him. You know, I, I, I liked his music when I was in, like, middle school and then kind of grew out of it and didn't really care much to go back to it. And so the reason that I was at one of his concerts was solely to do the meet and greet with him because I had mm. so much stuff I wanted to get signed by him because I am a fan of Rob Zombie. All, all movie stuff, no, though? All movie stuff, absolutely. Okay. But, I, I mean, they in the VIP package, they did give you some, like, music stuff to, like, poster signed and shit like that. Um, So... The concert aspect, man, I wasn't looking forward to it at all. I was like, I just I just want to go and do the meet and greet, and then I'll watch a few songs, and that's it. Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun, and he puts on a hell of a show, and the dude's, he's not hes not a young spry chicken. He's, he's an older dude, and he's up there fucking killing it on stage, running around. He has so much energy. He's an incredible front man. 
incredible. Oh, no and doubt, 100%. He's got a really unique style, um, which is also fun to, to see, <laughs> you know. But uh, that so the, the first time I'd ever gone to get his autograph, he was performing in Maryland, and I went, and there was the tour bus that had just shown up. He wasn't off of the bus yet. And so all of these other autographers were, like, on the left side of the street. And I'm like, well, the side that he would get off the bus would be more accessible if I went over here to the right. All these other autographers didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So I was like, all right. Look I'm at not Jeremy gonna... being, being all professional that, like, the way he is, this big pro motherfucking autograph. Yeah, I was like, I was like dude, you're not going to get him on this side. So I went around to the other side, and there was, like, a little guardrail set up. And no bullshit. He gets off the bus, and I was like, Rob, and he turns around, and he sees me. It was me and one buddy, and he immediately starts walking towards me, and I hadn't met him at this point, and I was like, holy shit, I'm about to get meet Rob Zombie. In that exact moment, everybody on the other side of the bus, all the other autographers, realized that he had gotten off the bus. Dude, it was like a bull stampede, dude. Like, all these <laughs> autographers took off running full speed. Dude. Rob Zombie was five feet from me when, like, literally dozens of people, like, fucking came charging behind me. He literally did a dead-ass stop and was like, whoa, hey, oh, I'll be right back. And he went inside the venue, and I was like, fuck, he was almost here. He was literally uh. walking straight towards me. So he came out of the venue, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes later, and everybody's like, of course, like, Rob, Rob, Rob. And he was like, hold on one second. And he got on the bus and he sent a handler over and the handler was like, all right, look, he's going to sign one item for everybody here. Right. So there was so many people behind me. I had like five things that I wanted signed. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were so many people behind me that I, dude, I pulled a quick one. No way. <laughs> I like, I handed one poster to the handler. Right. And he was like, okay. And then I turned around and acted like somebody else was handing me something. And then I and then I and then I handed the handler another item. And he was like, Oh, okay. And then like I turned around. Dude, I just kept acting like people were handing me things. Well, how how and, did this work when he handed them back though? Dude, it was dude, so this is how it works. So he brought the guy brought everything on the tour bus. Rob's uh Rob signed everything. And uh I was gonna say like Rob Zombie, but at this point when I say Rob, people probably know who we're talking about. So anyway, so uh <laughs> yeah. it's like so, you know him personally because he signed yeah, up yeah. have this many autographs for you. <laughs> hey Rob. So hey, Bob. So Thanks for listening, uh, Rob. Yeah, Rob. So uh the dude came back and like, you know, there was a couple people with him and he was like, All right, whose is this? And I was like, That's mine. He goes, Okay, cool. Whose is this? I was like, also mine. And the dude looked at me like, What? And like he was like, All right, whose is this? I was like Mine as well. <laughs> like, and he looked at me like, you fucking asshole. Um, so that was the first time oh, I met man. him. And so when I did the, uh, the meet and greet with him, it was the complete opposite, man. Like, they literally bring you in, and you're in a line. It's like you're at a convention, and you just go up one by one. And, dude, I brought a bunch of stuff with me. And uh, I have this Devil's Rejects poster, which, um, not to go too much off on a side tangent, but if you would have told me, that Sid Haig's autograph would be worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars after his passing. I would have never believed you because Sid signed for $10. He only charged $10 always. And he signed for years and years and years. And he always had lines of people because he was only charging 10 bucks. Dude, for whatever reason, I guess because like the people that have met Sid over the years, like they love that guy. So they don't want to sell 
Sid, they're Sid Haig autographs. So they don't come up very often. So, dude, Sid Haig's autograph is fucking worth hundreds of dollars, which is insane because, like I said, he signed so many autographs over the years. So anyway, so I hand Rob my Devil's Rejects poster, which I cherish now because it's, oh, damn, there's okay, Kellen, up for, fucking... for our listeners, that because we're not doing video or anything, he's holding a House of a Thousand Captain Corpses, Spaulding. Captain Spaulding signed action figure. Dude, that's worth a shit ton now, Kellen. So there you go. You're, you're sitting on uh, some money. So um, I now cherish, you know, that poster because it's, dude, it's signed by Rob. It's signed by, you know, Bill Mosley, Sid, all that good shit. So I have all these autographs on it. And I, I just remember Rob was like, God damn, dude, you got so many autographs on this. He goes, these assholes didn't leave me any room to sign. And that's just something that, uh, that I remember. And I laughed and shit like that. But, uh, dude, he was super nice. And I was like, hey. Rob, I got a few, man. I hope you don't mind. He goes, that's all good, man. I'll I'll sign whatever you got. Plop it all down, dude. I'll sign it all, brother. That's right. I was like, oh, dude, he was so fucking cool. So I have two friends that were also, um, that first time when I was in Maryland where he signed on the bus, I have uh, two friends that, that they waited. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm leaving. And they're like, you're not staying for Sherry? She's on the bus. And I was like, uh-huh. nah, I'm fucking out. I don't care. And so I left. They waited for like seven hours. She finally gets off the bus, and it's just the two of them. And they were like, "Uh, excuse me, Sherry? And she turned on. She was like, yes. They were like, would you mind signing? We we each just have one poster, and like we're huge fans. And she was like, no. And walked inside (laughs) the venue, dude. To where one of the dudes, like I remember at the time, he did like the YouTube video where he was like, Fuck that bitch! <laughs> Fuck that bitch! We fucking waited. Like she could have at least been cool and been like, I don't feel like signing today. But he said that she was like, no, like so disgusted. That's by, terrible. By being well, asked her on not her. only is she a terrible actor, she's just a terrible, terrible. Person. How how long ago was that? What year was that? Uh, that was probably two thousand and. 11 or 12 if i had to guess i one more quick thing is there's a certain person who we know that maybe they've been on our podcast and maybe they run a magazine that they were doing an interview with rob and sherry (laughs) in a hotel room at comic-con that was super low-key and chill and they had been passing out uh like movie posters for one of the movies that they were making at the time, like full size posters. Um, so this person who I won't name by name, you know, who who was interviewing them brought the poster upstairs. And so they got done with the interview and this person goes, Rob, would you mind signing this poster? They were like giving these away downstairs. And Rob was like, Oh yeah, man, absolutely. No problem. You know, thanks for interviewing us. And he signed it and handed it back to, to the person. And they then, tried to hand it to Sherry and said, Sherry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Would you mind signing this real quick? And she went, I'm not signing that. <laughs> and no bullshit. This is what this person told me is Rob was like, Sherry signed the poster. <laughs> and she just looked like I'm not signing it. And he goes, sign the poster now. Oh my God. And she fucking snatched the poster and signed it. So, oof. I've also heard that she's sometimes really fucking cool, so I don't know, but I've heard two stories where she was a fucking nightmare. 
can I quickly tell my story of meeting Oh, them? dude, for sure. I mean, you're also within the same lines of Jeremy as this adventurous gentleman who goes out to these events and meets these famous people. So we have to hear from our guest. I go hard. Um, anyways. I go hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's you, say. I know you three, three from Hell, that was 2019. Uh, yeah, so like three years ago. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of cool with Dag from Halloween 2007. You know, he did the podcast and I did a couple of music videos for him like the years prior to Three From Hell. And basically, I hit him up one night because me and my roommate at the time who also did a music video with him, we were looking on Instagram and I found that Rob posted that he was going to be at the AMC at Universal the very next night for a screening of Three From Hell and that him and Sherry were going to be there. So I immediately, in like a group text with Dag, texted him, and I was like, hey, Rob Zombie's coming to Universal tomorrow. You're coming. Let's go. We're going to reintroduce you to, to Zombie again, or whatever you call that. You know, you're going to see Zombie again for the first time since doing Halloween. Reunion. Reunion, yeah. Um, so at first he was like, ah, I don't know. And then I got my friend to, to help me get him, and he, he was like, all right, all right. And then basically we, we go all go down to Universal and he's like, he's getting cold feet before we go in. He's like, I don't know, man, I haven't seen him for forever. And I think he's just like, you know, a little butthurt because he hasn't gotten any roles since, you know, with Rob. And uh, so we go, we go to this movie and I was like, you know, we're, I got us, I got us front row center. So I was like, right after the movie, when they do the Q and A, they're going to see you and they're going to be like, oh, there he is. And right when the movie ended, that's exactly what happened. Rob and Sherry come walking out. And they start the Q and A, and they just they just notice him within the first couple minutes, and like, oh hey Dag, and <laughs> and basically like right afterwards, we were the first people they talked to. Like when everybody went up to bombard the two of them, we we got pictures with them, they got autographs, and I forgot to bring something to get signed, so I fucked up. But Sherry was up. Sherry was very cool actually that night, and so was Rob. They were just super genuine and super nice, and. They were there to have a good time, so it was cool. Rob's always apparently super cool, unless you're a skate park that's located directly next to his house. I heard about that. And then he's like, yo, get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, that seems so weird and out of place for him that he would just act like that, you know? But. He is an old man, Kellen. He's much older than me and Jeremy, and we're both old men. So I guess. We're old. We're it old, makes total God sense. Damn it. But uh, before we get into our, our top five Rob Zombie movies, great fucking stories, guy. Um, my stories only revolve around seeing him twice in like the same year and a half time span for Hellbilly Deluxe. And both times they were great shows, and that's literally it. Just saw him live during that. Um, but I did grow up a massive white zombie fan and owned like so many right. white zombie t-shirts and shit like that me and my buddy nate clark just not not to be uh, confused with sean clark a different clark <laughs> um both had jet black hair spiked up though so they could be very easily confused mm -hmm. with one another but yeah we would share like white zombie shirts just one of my favorite bands in my youth much like jeremy said but yeah never met him uh haven't seen him live in a long time i was going to see him live with Marilyn Manson a few years back and it was rained out. That's the, so. tour. That's the tour that I met Wait, him on. Yeah. I yeah. saw Gruesome Gruesome Twosome? Uh I don't remember. Or no 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 that that was Alice Cooper, my bad. Yeah, Alice. no, it was it was one of the last I mean, they did two tours together in the past five years or something like yeah. that and it was just the two of them yeah. or something and yeah and I, now, I just know the and now we'll tour. never see Manson again. Yeah he'll come back. Yeah. I'm gonna bet you good money he'll come back. 
I'm guaranteed so? that that documentary. I mean, regardless of what your opinion is on that, and I'm not, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not actually supporting one way or the other. I'm yeah. just stating the obvious that it the documentary didn't do much to him in terms of image. Like I've heard that he actually has new agents and things are in terms of music are working back around. We'll see, man. I mean. <laughs> no further comment on that but ladies and gentlemen we are going to jump right the fuck into this this is the thing about this right so when i sat down to do this list i was like top five rob zombie movies hmm are there actually five rob zombie movies that i could say are of any kind of quality and i had i had personally fight like deep down inside myself to be able to come up with a list for this. And I know I'm, I may be the minority in this group tonight, but um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start with our guests because that is what we do. We are polite on brains do when, when we're not, when I, at least when I'm not like totally hammered or whatever um, off pedos and soda double with yeah. lime. And I, and I thank those listeners that actually reference that and actually pay attention to that. I love you very, very much. Um, but Kelly, yes, we're going to start with you for your number five top rob zombie movie okay okay that's gonna be lords of salem i know a lot of people shit on this movie and they think it's a piece of shit but i really enjoy it and i think it's a really unique film from rob zombie and i don't know i just i really enjoy it i think the whole radio dj story where she's you know picking up the the record and plopping it on her little record player and that really creepy ass song comes out and then all the shit starts to happen and all the creepy imagery that's throughout the movie. It's just, it's really interesting and it's just kind of fucked up and it, it gets confusing at times for sure. Just like, you know, his vision's a little honky at times, but it's, it's really cool. It's really fun. And, uh, there's a lot of naked old <laughs> witches in there and Dude, as they should be, as they should be, <laughs> as they should be. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, that really demonic shit that freaks me out. It, it's actually one of the movies of his that actually really creeps me out. And I think there's a really dark brooding atmosphere to that movie that is really just fucked. And, you know, the whole Salem, you know, atmosphere there is, is really cool too. Um, yeah. That, that's a they, fantastic pick. I think I would dare say compared to mine, maybe criminally low, but yes, very good to hear it on okay. a top five. Cause, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people do shit on it, but I, I've found at least in the last couple of years or so, more and more people championing it as one of his best. Okay. So. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's anything else with that. Um, I think Sherry kind of like carries the movie. She does a pretty good good job actually as the lead. Um, this is one of her stronger roles for sure. And. Uh, yeah, she's got like a cool costume going on too. Like when she's got like that that white and black striped sweater, and there's a lot of beautiful like cinematography in there. Honestly, he did a really good job with that. So, yeah, Lord of Salem, number five. Hell yeah! We're gonna go by age on this, and yeah, Jeremy, make sure every single time someone does their pick, I hear a yeah or hey Oi. yeah hey or we can do a little oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> You're all right. So for not, for my number five, I'm going with number five. Number five, thirty-one. Oh, okay. I know this movie. Okay. I know this movie does not get a ton of love, but from the time of its announcement, it was essentially Rob going. You know what? There's so many motherfuckers who hated on my Halloween movies, and there's so many motherfuckers that said. They wish that I would have just made an original Halloween movie. Well, guess what? 
this <laughs> is my original Halloween movie. Um, it there was not a lot as far as plot. Let's be honest. It was just people getting killed off in a warehouse on Halloween by these psychopaths. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest standout in this entire movie was Doomhead. Yeah. It was Richard Brake's character. Holy shit. Like, dude, that performance and that opening dialogue that he had. I'm not here to brighten your dismal day. Dude, like, people were talking about, like, make him the Joker. <laughs> like, we know that he was Joe Cool. And Batman Begins, but make dude, that they're still doing it. There's still so many fans out there that are doing fan manipulations and graphic design work of his face as the Joker. He's definitely, I think, one of the best aspects out of any of Rob Zombie's movies that he's in. Yeah. It, it so the movie, like I said, there's not a whole lot in the way of plot, but it is to the T, in my opinion, a great grindhouse exploitation movie because that's exactly like a drive-in theater exploitation movie. That's exactly what it feels like, what it looks like, and it's what I enjoy about it. It, Like I said, it's not perfect. A lot of people don't like it. I don't care. I enjoy it. It's a fun, mindless, bloody horror film that I'm, I'm glad exists. And you know what? I, I'm also it, – it is a little annoying that Rob cast his wife as his lead and everything. I know really, Jeremy. Tell me more about I, that. Yeah. I, I, I get it, but I honestly, like, even though I'm like, oh, come on. Like, when she's announced for, like, these lead characters in his movies, I, I'm not a Sherry hater. Like, um, yeah. there's some performances that are stronger than others, but I, I think that, for the most part, she does a pretty good job of holding her own in these movies. You know, I, I got to give you major props right there, Jeremy, because you just put two things in the same sentence. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombie and performance and god bless you for doing that there needs to be people out there that at least support it you know i mean just saying just saying you know but i do recall one thing that i have to comment on i'll never forget this you had watched the movie for like the first time or something and you had texted me this is way before brain stew way before anything and you were like have you seen it and i said no and you were just like extremely angry about the dialogue. That's all I remember. As you said, it's some of the worst dialogue you've ever heard. It is, and like that's a problem that plagues Rob Zombie's movies. Like, you know, what's funny is that uh, earlier, me and Anne, my wife, were were talking about Rob Zombie movies, and she she enjoys them as well. Um, she's a you know, she's not a mega Rob Zombie fan. She's a, a novice fan. fan. A novice yeah, fan. for sure. And one thing that we agreed on was that she brought up was how beautiful like the set designs and how his visuals are always stunning so even when you're that's coupled with bad dialogue there's so much eye candy and so much great things happening that it's like okay it's kind of like when you order a meal and you're like you know i don't really care for these french fries but the steak is pretty fucking good you know what I mean? Like so part, of the good, me- part of the meal is good. Part, part of the meal is good. So you take the good with the bad sometimes, and that's unfortunately, you know, Rob Zombie's movies. Is Dude, what typically an amazing he analogy. I, I, you, you need to make this like a staple of brain stew where the analogy has to do with a certain kind of meal for every single fucking movie. <laughs> I expect like a fucking Mexican <laughs> version for whatever movie and fucking uh, Italian. Yeah. So that, that's... he was good, but the meatballs sucked. 
dick, dude. Dude, one, that's a good one, too, man. You know what I mean? Like, so, yes, the dialogue in 31 is Rob Zombie dialogue. And we'll be talking about the dialogue in these movies throughout this entire countdown. Of course. But I still enjoy 31, despite the fact that Rob Zombie believes that the world that we live in is filled with nothing but rednecks that call each other motherfucking shit eaters and fucking skull fucking ear orifices you know whatever Hell yeah. <laughs> that was a completely crowdfunded movie right or partially at least yeah 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 i think i think rob put uh, a portion like uh, of the budget up himself and the rest of it was crowdfunded but it was the way that he said i want to make especially because the weinsteins had so much studio meddling <clears throat> excuse me had so much studio meddling in, in both Halloween films both, that he made yeah, that, that he said, fuck this. I want to make a movie that's completely mm. mine without studio interference. So he threw his money down and he crowdfunded and everybody that paid to crowdfund it got awesome autograph shit, including like Sherry Moon zombie graphs, which unless you live in L.A. like Kellen, they're not the easiest things to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's pretty amazing. I will tell you right now that movie will not be showing up on my list, but <laughs> neither um, will it on mine. This this number five pick is extremely <laughs> painful for me, and uh, it, it'll probably take some therapy for me to get over it in the next couple of weeks because this is a movie where, and Jeremy knows me regarding this movie. He knows where I'm going, and I've been very vocal about how this movie affected me over the years and how I continue to try I try so hard to let it be a part of me, and it just does not want to be. The darkest souls are not those which choose to exist within the hell of the abyss, but those which choose to move silently among us. It is Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. You all know what the movie's about. This was a movie which I championed from the absolute second that it was announced. Uh, I was there for every bit of news, every bit of behind the scenes, every single picture that was posted. I believe this was during the MySpace era, and I was posting literally fucking everything about it every day. I couldn't wait. When that first trailer dropped, I legitimately freaked out and watched it like a hundred times in the same night. I remember having like a party or something and inviting all my metal bros over and just seriously like just partying and smoking weed and watching the trailer over and over again. Then I saw the movie. Yeah. I, I took the day off to see the movie. It was like such a big event. I was like, because there was no midnight screening in my town for it or anything like that. I, I was in Vestal, New York, which is Binghamton. And I think the first screening was like 10 a.m. or something on a Thursday. And I went and the theater was like almost totally empty. And I've told this story on a, a review of the movie from many years ago on the show. And I'll probably link that review in the show notes. But to make things move along quickly here, the movie hurt me pretty badly, and I didn't understand why. And I actually took Jeremy's advice uh, a year or so ago, and which was, hey, man, sometimes you just need to view it as a different thing. Uh, his version of, like, if you, if you remove the Michael Myers and the Halloween aspects from it that are connected to John Carpenter's film, it's much more enjoyable. And I do agree with that sentiment towards it. But... When I approach this list, I have to consider what are the most quality films of his that I've enjoyed and the elements that actually speak to me. And even though I don't necessarily like this movie all that much and I do shit on it a lot, 
I feel like this is one of his most ambitious movies as a director. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, the amazing behind the scenes footage that Rob shoots for almost all of his movies. And when you watch that, you get a deeper appreciation for this movie. It doesn't mean that I watch this movie every year and I'm like, fuck yeah, I love it because I know how many people this movie gets upset. Um, there are things in this movie that works. There are things in this movie that I enjoy. And there are things that I hate with the deepest passion and I want to stab my fucking eyeballs out. But if I'm doing a top five, I have to include the film because I do feel like as a filmmaker, and I'm actually calling Rob Zombie a filmmaker in this episode, it's one of his best movies. So I have to have it. It's his Halloween at number five. Kellen ends. Halloween Kellen ends. Kellen ends. Uh, yeah. I'm back. Big, big mic drop there and total silence no <laughs> one responds but yeah man at you for your number four <laughs> all right man my number four is rob zombies halloween <laughs> okay so there we go not too rob. far off right hold the phone rob zombies halloween two okay i i might all of a sudden regret uh, inviting I, on for this. Episode. I wasn't sure if I was going to put I'm this sorry. before. I like <laughs> Halloween too from Rob Zombie. I wasn't sure if I was going to put it before or behind Lords of Salem, but with all the silly shit that you see in Lords of Salem, it, it just goes just a tad behind. Um, Halloween two, definitely a mess. It's not a great movie. It's it's all over the place. For, you called it a movie, so that's that's calling it sure. something, right? Yeah, it's a mess. Um. But it also has one of the most brutal fucking openings of any horror movie ever. That the first like twenty minutes is just nuts right off the bat. Um Oct- break again. Uh, yep. Octavia Spencer's kill is brutal as fuck. One of the I, I definitely I mean one of the best of the fran- the, the entire franchise. Let's it, yeah. make no mistake. Absolutely. And just like I, I just love that whole like first part of the movie for sure. That's probably the strongest part of it. Um yeah, the writing gets a little sloppy. You know, Loomis is a total dickhead in this one. Uh, I definitely hated the fact that they recasted Dag, and they said it was because he aged too much in the two years between and the that, two films. That kid was the worst fucking actor. Fucking ever. worst Dude, it, replacement. It, what, what, what makes me so possible. angry is Rob Zombie is a performer that lives his entire life under makeup right yeah that's a thing called fucking makeup for a reason they could have made dag actually look younger yeah. with makeup yeah. you know what i mean like the, the the new kid they cast looked terrible was terrible in the movie absolutely i'm sorry to think like there's a different reason he didn't get cast though because that doesn't make any sense to me i mean personally like i've also heard it's just because he was too tall or something not even just because he aged but just his height dude, dude just fucking Put him on a box and put him on. Make him sit on it's his called, knees. It's called exactly. It's perspective. It's perspective. He knows. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Danny Trejo is my height, and when they shoot yeah, Danny short. Trejo, he looks huge. Yeah. He looks totally. huge. Yeah, he's a short it's guy. Called perspective. Yeah, you shoot know what? Like in it, different camera like, angles. And it's like he's only in a couple scenes too. That's the other thing. It was very like minimal. So I don't know. So I mean, well, let's clear the air here a little bit. You're friends with the Dag, right? You, you've yeah. done an interview with him. You're friends with him. Did he have any clue at all? Did they tell him anything more than what we heard on the internet? He worked, Why? He worked. He was cast and he worked that's, on the that's film. A, and that's then they replaced said. him. Like, Oh, I didn't even know he worked on it. Like, no I, shit. It may have only been pre-production, but he was brought in yeah. to be in Halloween 2. And then they, that's when they determined, allegedly, that he was too tall and it just wasn't going to work. And they let him go. And then they cast this other fucking kid that 
That's just legit. I like no, no, no ill will towards this chase dude. You know, he was a fucking kid, but like the way he delivered his lines is. Well, he was a kid. Dream. Yeah, it's like yeah, but it's he's like old, he's old enough now where we can tell him to go fuck himself. He can probably face. beat my ass now. So uh, he's like he's gonna hear this and be like, I'm gonna find you, bitch, and we'll see what's up. But, You're uh, smaller than me now, bitch. Dude, that guy, that fucker, that, that, that other fucker, <laughs> that other <Fucker>. kid, <laughs> that other kid didn't have the rage underneath him like Dag had. You know, no. this, this kid was a wimp. Like what the fuck? I just, I just want us to be together again, mommy. Like yeah. that's like how he delivered all his lines to him. Like, oh Jesus god, Christ. damn, this pains me. Yeah. Pains me. I, I, I'll I'll say this much about your pick. I I respect it. Um, I've never been so angry or upset leaving a midnight screening because I did get to see that one, and I, yeah. I I remember how terrible I was at spelling and punctuation and grammar on social media before I did a job where it actually required me to become kind of a semi-intelligent human, and it still pops up on my time hop like all the time, like. Will Rob Zombie finally deliver a good film? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I doubt it, but I'm here, or whatever the fuck it was. And then, of course, I said some other dumb shit after I watched it. But, I mean, the movie definitely has a, a lot to like in it. Um, yeah. I feel like in terms of Halloween atmosphere and stuff like that. And the problem with that movie, of course, we all know, is that Rob wasn't even the one that was supposed to be making it up until, like, a couple weeks before it kind of thing, and it was a rush yeah. job or whatever. So. He, what happened was he was at the the Spike uh, fucking TV awards uh, when that was a thing. Remember that? The Spike Awards? The Spike yeah. Awards, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Weinsteins were there, you know, before all of those uh, happenings, which we don't have to Hey, hey one, one of them is still fine. I don't hate one of them. The uh, other as one far is, as we know. As far as we know. One of the worst people on the entire planet. That uh, ever. 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 So, both, uh, both from my hometown, by the way. They're from Jesus. Buffalo. Yeah, hence the burning. Well, thank yeah, the burning, at least yeah. uh, Harvey Weinstein. At least thank you for the burning. Uh, I will say thank you for, for that, and thank you for every scream movie. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, go fucking put a pineapple up your fucking ass, Harvey Weinstein. You fuck. Anyway, like, so uh, like Hitler and Nick, little Nicky. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they were at the Spike TV Awards, and um. You know, Rob at the time was trying to get a movie called Tyrannosaurus Rex off the ground, and he was I trying to get a hockey, he was trying to get a hockey movie off the ground too. Tyrannosaurus Rex, I fucking, I, I've mentioned it before. I hope he makes it one day, dude. It's the plot of that movie is a sadistic, satanic biker cult um, kill the wife of a professional wrestler whose wrestling name is Tyrannosaurus Rex. And this, it was supposed to be Diamond Dallas Page. He was cast, dude, oh, and Diamond Dallas Page gets. Gets Give him on a, a diamond fucking, cutter, motherfucker. Yep, he gets on a motorcycle and he starts going to hunt down the the satanic biker gang that killed his wife. I want to oh, see man. that fucking movie. I gotta Anyways, say though, not, not to cut off or no, no, you're go good. on a tangent. Um, I heard him talk about the hockey movie though when he was on Joe Rogan, like I think two or three years ago or something, and that yeah. sounded amazing because it was a hockey team that he actually went to go see play and shit, like very deeply emotional to him as a kid. And that sounds like the kind of movie I'm like I. Maybe that would be like the right thing for him, considering almost everything he touches doesn't really work that well. Yeah, just saying. But yeah, uh, well, depending on who you ask, you ask those fucking those diehards, and they'll tell you it's the best thing ever. So, and I'm that. telling them they're wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, I love so, you still. Thank you for listening. So he's at the uh, the Spike Fire Awards, works. and he's trying to get this hockey movie made, and he's trying to get Tyrannosaurus Rex made, and he runs into fucking Bob and Harvey Weinstein, and they're like, "Hey, you know, how's it going? What are you What are you up to?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm uh." You know, trying to get these these movies made, yada yada yada. 
And so they're, he asked, he goes, what's going on with Halloween 2? And they're like, you know, we're trying to make it. And he goes, cool, you know, good luck. And they were like, hey, if we give you the go-ahead to do, like, a passion project or whatever you want to do, would you come back and do? Because, dude, Halloween 2007 broke fucking records. Yeah, it was a massive box office. It was the biggest success. Labor Day opening. Yeah, it was yes. for a long like time. Two years ago or yeah, one year yeah. ago. It, it was huge. So they were like, of course, they want to replicate that. So they're like, dude, if we bring him back, we could fucking potentially get that kind of return again. So they, they had given him, they gave him a verbal agreement. Like, we'll let you make this movie if you come and make Halloween too. He agreed. He goes, okay, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, dude, it's it stunned horror fans everywhere because he was like, I'm done. I'm not making a sequel. My version of Halloween is done. But correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, Jeremy. Was it, wasn't it not like only weeks before production actually started, not even pre-production, where he officially signed on and then like the movie started shooting? I remember it being like very quickly. Well, I mean, he had to. He, I mean, he had to write the script. Write the so script I don't know how very quickly, quickly he cranked it out. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that he cranked it out. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's how the movie got made is that he didn't want to make it and then they were like we'll let you make this movie and he was like okay but my thing is well what the fuck happened to, to the verbal agreement on the other movies I, maybe they had some weird fall well, well, well the rex thing or whatever that you're referring to or whatever there whatever the other projects were he talked about that on uh, a couple other podcasts where like he was working on more than one thing at once and that shit just sat there where he was working on more than one thing at once and like the focus would always go to this thing and then eventually it just got lost in the abyss and yeah. then it just never got made but yeah it's always always very interesting maybe someday we should do an entire fucking retrospective no, no, maybe not maybe not so jimmy <laughs> but but like halloween 2 man it is a movie a movie of good moments but it's a sloppy ass movie and i i don't like i think the whole white horse aspect is fucking ridiculous um i i definitely um I'm not a fan of Loomis because he's an asshole in it, and I, I don't like the whole like Michael's like half mask thing going on and like his fucking beard. He looked like he didn't. He's got a hobo beard. He's got a hobo beard. No shave November going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I saw I saw that on my first trip out to California in 2009 when I was 13, and we saw that in San Diego. And Jesus, remember, you're fucking young. I remember watching it, it and liking it at the time, but like being very confused by the whole white horse aspect. And yeah, over time I truly come Dude, to hate that i'm gonna be like a sanderson sister and when i see you i'm gonna fucking suck the youth right the fuck out of you come little children i'll take <laughs> me away oh perfect sarah jessica parker right there jeremy what is your number four it is 2007's yeah halloween come so yeah 2007's halloween um i was so fucking excited for this movie. I remember my band was on tour uh, when it came out. Um, I had already seen um, a bootleg screener of it, which was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, but I remember I was I was on was the road it, with my was band. Was it the original ending one, though? We talked about this. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yep. I saw yep, that as well. Where he gets shot um, by the police on the porch, and then the movie yeah, just fucking abruptly yeah, yeah, ends. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I was on the road, and I remember uh, talking to you know, one of my best friends, Ron, and just being like, oh, man, I cannot fucking wait to see this. You know, had I seen it, I may have seen it opening night. Like, I don't fucking remember. But I just remember that even from the get-go, I was polar polarized by it, man. Like, I was like, 
I was so confused by it, and I'm like, there's a lot of it that I fucking love. There's a lot of it that I'm just still, I just don't know. And then that kind of went to like, no, I don't think I, I like it. And then years later, we've had the conversation. I'm like, you know, if you look at it as Rob Zombie's slasher movie, and you take away the Michael Myers aspect, it, it's a good slasher film minus the kids' dialogue. Because, well, minus the dialogue in general, people don't fucking talk like that. You know what I mean? Like No one. I mean, you know what, though? Actually, I live in Winchester, Virginia. I have to correct you, Jeremy. There are people that talk like that. They're right, in the well, trailer park down the street. Apparently, they're all neighbors with Rob <laughs> Zombie, and he grew up with all of them because he just believes that's how people communicate. He's like, well, goddamn, motherfucker, I'm going to pull up the goddamn motherfucker, motherfucker. I'm going to skull fuck the shit out of you. Bitch, if you don't think I'm not taking a mental note, I will crawl over there and skull fuck you. <laughs> my bag. Grab it. <laughs> Oh my god. That's my favorite fucking line of the whole movie right there. Jesus. So good. So good. So yeah, um, so I, I still enjoy Halloween 2007. Um, I feel like the cast do a really good job. Tyler Maine might be the most terrifying Michael Myers. I'm just saying, he's huge. He's a, like a force of fucking nature. Um, I, I dig how angry he was in the two films that he got to play Michael Myers. Am I saying he's my favorite? No, but I'm saying he might be one of the goddamn scariest. Um, I'd so, say I'd say the way that that Nick Castle was lit in the first one made him the scariest personally. But I think Tyler Maine's definitely the scariest figure of them. Yeah, um, and mm. this is another one that Sherry Moon did a pretty fucking stellar job in her role. She was very convincing as a mother who just still loved her child despite the fact that he had done horrible thing i will give um, you this much and and i'll give sherry this much in the scenes when she's talking to young michael myers and he's incarcerated and it's just the two of them in a room that's probably the best acting i've ever seen her do and i mean i'm sure it probably took like 50 takes to get her to say two lines right but i mean they're good the ones that they put in the movie for sure for sure i uh yeah, I mean, dude, it. We've talked about it on this this podcast several times that this movie is polarizing, and that's the best way that I can put it because people discuss and debate this movie every single day. All every of Rob day. Zombie's movies, yeah, ever every day. And there's this weird thing that's happening right now because, however many years ago, when Shout Factory put out their Halloween box set, they included everything up until that point, including Rob Zombie's movies. Now we have today, which they're actually delivering to people's doors, their 1996 to 2002 collection, which only includes Halloween 6, both cuts, H2O, and Halloween Resurrection. And there are those fans that are like, dude, where the fuck are Rob Zombie's movies? Well, of course, there's a licensing aspect to that. And also, I feel like maybe they're like, not everyone wants these, and we'll just wait and release those separately. It's a thing. It really is a thing, but... Yeah, uh, I digress. I'm, 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 I enjoy them for what they are. I don't despise them for what they're not. If that makes any sense, it does. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of the exact opposite of that in a weird way. But um, also, I, I do 
very much consider John Carpenter's feelings on on the subject, and whenever he talks about them, which he hasn't talked about them in years, um, and I'll leave that where it is. But I'll move on right now to my number four, and of course I have to inject quotes and this shit for every single movie if there's one thing i know it's that the rest of the world melted away as soon as you appeared in my life and it's a movie i reviewed last week on the show with b ratatat it's his reboot slash origin story of the monsters and i came into this thing totally thinking i was going to hate it despise it the trailer looked like it was the worst thing ever and i walked away like just kind of slightly charmed by it i have to champion this movie because you can tell Rob put his heart and fucking soul into this thing. And if you're going to call him a filmmaker, call him a filmmaker because he made this thing. And being a huge fan of the monsters growing up, like it was one of my first gateway drugs to, you know, I mean, I saw the monsters before I saw Frankenstein. I saw the monsters before I saw Bela Lugosi as Dracula and, you know, so on and so forth. So that was my gateway to that black and white horror world. And I always loved it. And I feel like what he did here was just exactly what we thought he was going to do. His own love letter to what made him fall in love with these characters in the first place, but also try to give it like a weird, strange, comedic PG Rob Zombie vibe. And he's not known for PG at all, but it's a love story at its core. And of course, he cast his wife which is the absolute worst fucking thing about the movie. Uh, see more in last week's review, if you're interested. Um, <laughs> Refer back to review from last week. But, 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 but in reality, though, I mean, like, I mean, people are either loving this or hating it, like with everything else that he makes. I felt charmed by it, and I felt like his heart was in it. And it felt, you could see it on the screen that he was really trying his best. It doesn't mean it's like the best movie ever, or it's even a really good movie. You know, he took a, a concept of what he loved about these characters that he grew up with, and he tried to do something slightly different and original. And also, he put fucking Cassandra Peterson, aka Elvira, in it, which automatically gives it points for me. So, number four for me is the monsters. I heard a oh, fart, yes. Jeremy. Was oh, that yeah. fart because you just needed to fart because you ate fucking mozzarella sticks earlier? Or was that fart because of the Dude, I, s I swear to God I ate mozzarella sticks earlier. I fucking know you uh, did. I fucking know you ate mozzarella sticks. <laughs> With marinara dipping sauce? No, no, no. Marinara-less. Just uh, give me the, well, the fried Just give me the, give me the sticks. Cheese. I don't need the marinara. Just give me the sticks. Give me the sticks. Hashtag just give me the sticks. <laughs> Dude, get, put that on my fucking tombstone. <laughs> just give me the sticks. The mozzarella sticks. You should go to jail for that. Marinara oh sauce is the best. I'm old, Kellen, and that gives me heartburn. Listen, listen, Kellen, you're wow. young enough where you can eat like a million mozzarella sticks in marinara, and you'll you'll get up and walk around like you're fucking God's <laughs> gift to the earth. Me and Jeremy, we eat that shit. We'll go to bed hurting and need fucking, fucking like, go to the hospital. And burps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just I eat them and then I fart on the podcast, and that's just the natural way that things work out in life. He farts on every episode, ladies and gentlemen. You probably can't hear it because he's not farting directly into the microphone. But Silent but deadly. Yes, they're here. But we are moving right along. Holy shit, here at number three. Callan, what is your you number think, three? Do you think Rob Zombie farts? Uh, oh, yeah. I think every human in the entire world farts. Even the hottest fucking pinup model. Every <laughs> single I mean, Instagram model. All these YouTubers. <laughs> Aren't there like YouTube videos of these hot chicks like farting and shit, and these dudes like, yeah, they, like get aroused fucking, by it and they jack they off fart. to it? 
they fart into jars and they I sell want, it. I want, I want the audience to look up cake farts. Oh, God. Jesus. I will be look doing that. Look up cake farts. I will That's all be I got to say. That. I mean, you're, 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 the, you're the young one. You're supposed to be schooling me and Jeremy on what's in and what's going uh, on and what's hip and shit. Uh, I stay away from that weird shit. I can't do it. He's he just too busy meeting celebrities and shit. Uh, me and Justin lived in That's a time That's where true. our age demographic was captivated by something called Two Girls, One Cup. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes. First time I ever saw it, I was getting uh, work done on one of my tattoos, and one of the tattoo artists showed me on a very small fucking computer screen, and it took like five minutes to download, and I was like, what oh. in the actual fuck? And then I saw it. There were actually called t-shirts. Art. Called it art. Do you want to hear something really fucked up? This girl from my hometown went crazy viral on Twitter for fucking eating her own tampon. Bloody tampon. Oh, my God. This is the oh world we're God. living in. And, and filming this is, it. This is the episode oh where we're, we're, we're telling you that Rob Zombie has a top five <laughs> just, movies. You know, my fart <laughs> fucking train wrecked this whole episode. It started with the fart, and now it's train transgressed into uh fucking tampon eating here we go all right well, we well let's get to numero trace here number three right. i'm gonna go with house of a thousand corpses this feels like the most rob zombie film he's ever made. <laughs> he literally walked out i love it <laughs> dude he's peeing justin pees every fucking oh i thought he was walking out because i three I minutes on the third one okay i hope not Feels like the most Rob Zombie film he's ever made. It's the filthiest, grossest feeling movie he's ever done. Um, you know, it's it's got the same vibes as his own like early music videos with all the grainy footage that he put in there, which he actually shot by himself, I think, on like a Super 8 camera or something. Um, and yeah, this movie was shot in 2000. It was supposed to come out in 2003, and you know, so it got pushed for three years. And that you know, they were worried it wasn't even going to come out at, the, at that point, but. Um, Dude, uh, Another film studio paid for it, and then yeah. once they saw it, they were like, we don't know what the fuck to do with this. They sold it to another film studio. <laughs> really? Yeah, so that's that's what took so long is that Zombie shot it, completed it, and the film studio that bankrolled it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't believe in it, and they sold it to another film studio that was like, hey, we'll buy it. Yeah. Uh, they, they wanted to get up and out from under it. And uh, it actually, it, it was uh, a decent success. It's a zombie. strong, it's a strong first film for a, for a first, first time filmmaker for him, especially coming from the music and mm. just kind of popping in and doing it, you know, like yeah. he did a really wonderful job on it. And I know he said recently that he sees a lot more issues with it as time passes, which obviously there are a lot of issues with it. But um, I think Bill Mosley, Sid Hag, and Sherry all give really fantastic performances in the film. Um, you yeah. know, Sherry's not at her best in here, but like, she's still, she's not like annoying to the point where it's not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, th this, this movie didn't make my, my numbers of anything. Um, but I will, what? But I, what? yep. What? I, I, I will tell you that this, this movie to me yeah. feels like Rob Zombie sat down on his primitive computer in 2000 and opened up like a word document, like not even like <laughs> script writing software. He just Fuck opened it. up a word document and he <laughs> came up with ideas and then just kept coming up with ideas and then was just like, all right, there it is. Cause like, it just, it feels like a lot of different movies and, and it looks and feels like a music video. That's the length of a feature film with things strung together with dialogue and characters intersecting. And out of nowhere at the end of it, there's, 
this fucking underground thing with this character, Dr. Satan, that amounted to nothing. Dr. Satan! Yeah, dude, like, a lot of really cool ideas, but I think that that's, for me, what Devil's Rejects is. It's just a lot of really cool ideas. But I get why people do love it. It's 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 really, like, dude, my wife loves this fucking movie. It's, it's a perfect October movie. Like, it's it's got all the fall vibes you could possibly want. Um, man, I love the whole fucking opening with the murder ride, too. And I'd say that's probably the strongest scene in the whole movie, actually, is Sid Hegg's introduction, for sure. And uh, Bill Mosley's kind of, you know, the, the least in the spotlight for this one. And it kind of, the roles get kind of reversed for, for Rejects, because he's kind of the center of attention in that one. But, yeah, I mean, I think they all gave good performances. Like I said, it's a really gross and filthy movie. And, you know, you get Rain Wilson in there. It's pretty cool. Fish Boy. Super early and, role for uh, him, yeah. I mean, super, super early, yeah. I'll probably be talking about this one much, much later. But yeah, it's like maybe he like wrote the film on his hand. He was just like, "People <laughs> kill, murder, ride, fried yeah. chicken, <laughs> fried chicken, <laughs> fried chicken." <laughs> hey, that movie over there on the shelf that I've watched a million times—it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. People <laughs> forgot that movie existed. I'm gonna make that again. But for ten dollars, <laughs> fantastic pick. Yeah, so we're. I think Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong. We're on you for your number three. Let's number, go. Number three, Lords of Salem. This yeah. is yeah. a hyper stylized Rob Zombie channeling Stanley Kubrick, and it is beautiful. It is creepy. There are some amazing actors in this film. Um, like Kellen said earlier, there's some surprising, uh, older actors that are completely sexy. naked. Oh, tons of them. Sexy. Tons yeah. of floppy tits. Yeah, dude. Hey, you know, more power to them. Rob was like, so, uh, you're, you're going to need to be naked. And they were like, okay, Rob. In your natural <laughs> like, state. In your natural state, of course. They're yeah. all the old, old Rob Zombie fans at a show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, dude, you it's know, bad. our balls sag like a motherfucker, too. Just saying. Yeah. Floppy tits and so, saggy clits. It, uh, this, this has such strong, just creepy, atmospheric, you know, super creepy visual things going on throughout it that legit... It did. It gave me the willies, man. While watching it, I I really, really appreciated it. It was a movie that when it was over, I was like, damn, he kind of crushed that. I'm really, really excited to see what he does next. Um, so, you know, how that turned out after afterwards, you know, is neither here nor there. But I really enjoyed The Lords of Salem. Um, in fact, I'm probably going to be watching it soon because it's it's about that time, man. It's it's October movie season, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I feel like it's it's time for that rewatch. And uh, uh, this is proper introduction, um, because I did not actually sponsor this this year or actually shout it out loud from a mountaintop, but we are doing the 31-Day Horror Challenge in our group right now for those that are listening that want to do that. I know that you guys voted for it, and I know we kind of started the whole horror challenge thing like eight to nine years ago or whatever. So I didn't really want to do it. But as Jeremy just said, there are movies that we want to watch every single year. So we have an official fan group over on Facebook. If you want to join that shit and just check in your picks throughout the month, we'll comment on that shit and chat with you about the movies we're watching as well. Just 
fun little segue there. Just yeah! do it, plug yeah! that shit. And my number three, I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. And yes, this movie is criminally low on my list, but it just doesn't resonate as well with me now as it did when I originally saw it. But I will say this much, though. Um, I understand why people regard it as his best movie. I'm talking about The Devil's Rejects from 2005. In terms of him actually taking uh, movies that inspired him and that influenced him when he wanted to become a filmmaker, which is something that he was interested in at a very young age, the exploitation era was very important to so many filmmakers that grew up and were able to watch movies when that kind of renaissance occurred with the drive-in era and all of those shitty theaters and cities that were in the worst areas, especially Rob Zombie, who lived for a long time in New York City. And, I mean, 34th Street is just so iconic, and he talks about that so often. Um, and so many other areas of New York where there were these old grindhouse theaters playing so many catalog titles, these older movies on 35, and you could just go at any night of the week and watch the wolfman or blood feast or suspiria or i mean anything that was coming out during that period and you could be influenced that era is so beyond gone in our generation now and we i mean kellen is lucky enough to live in la and you have the new beverly you know, mm-hmm. we up here we have alamo draft house which i work for and the mahoney drive-in theater and there are theaters that still do this kind of thing but i mean during this period this was a renaissance for films and mm-hmm. you didn't have access to watch these movies on home video yet in the sev- mid, mid to late 70s vhs wasn't even a thing yet so your way of seeing these movies as joe dante almost perfectly says anytime he talks about this era is you went to the theater and you went to the dirtiest dingiest shittiest theater where you saw come on the walls and there were blood on the fucking <laughs> steps walking in and you went and saw these movies that interested you and to me in this super half-ass very long explanation this is where i see the devil's rejects and i will say this much now i still feel like it is his best shot most visually interesting movie and a step up from a movie that's <laughs> later in my list that came before it but for some reason it just falls where it lies and that's at number three the devil's rejects from 2005 hell yes top two top two kellen to our guest to this young man that's going to teach us all about life because that's what you do right that's that's what the new generation does you gotta you gotta teach us old men how to get back on the horse and, and and live this life Show us the way of your fatty Hey, yeah! Halloween 2007. It's yeah! I respect this. I, I love this movie. Um, I saw this in the theater with my dad in 2007 when I was 11, and it was legendary. Uh, there's three sex scenes throughout the, throughout the movie that's like a bit excessive, but it's just right. Uh, let's see. My dad definitely was trying to cover my eyes during all that. And, uh, well, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. What did your dad think? What did your dad say to you during this and after? I need these comments after. I just remember that. I used to go see movies with him, and he would always just like look at me, like look at me when shit like that would happen, like crazy sex scenes, and he'd be like, "Why did I bring you to this?" But like, I know he'd enjoyed it. He enjoyed it, and all the dirty humor he would like try to pretend he wasn't laughing at. But I'd look over and he was laughing his ass off. So he always enjoyed when I brought him to these movies. Mm. But 
he, he would always give me, you know, shit when I'd ask him to take me on. But we always had a good time. Sounds like just, you have an amazing dad. I just yeah. always think about when me and my dad went to go see End of Days. Oh. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then Dude, there's a You're lucky there's you a had scene. a dad to take you. Yeah. I went alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would have rather gone alone because there is a scene where the devil is having a three-way with a mother and daughter. And I was like, well, this is goddamn awkward. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. Oh, dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger literally gets into a fist fight with the devil. It's fucking incredible. Dude, I remember seeing that shit opening weekend, and uh, I know people shit on that movie. Jeremy, I like that movie. movie (laughs) That that was the first movie Arnold did after his first heart attack, and uh, he couldn't do many of his stunts and stuff, but the atmosphere and the visuals in that movie are fantastic. It bombed, too, when it came out. But hey, now I have a deeper kinship with you, my co-host, because I know we both watched it opening weekend. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I love I love the trailer trash humor throughout the entire movie. I really it, like also kind of like corpses. I think and you know I think w- one of the other movies we mentioned. I think the first half of the movie is better probably than the second. It's the whole re- t- retelling of like Michael's childhood was was very interesting, and I think Dag actually gave a really good performance as young Michael. Um, and then when we get to the older characters, I think Sherry Taylor, or I mean, not Sherry, Scout Taylor Compton, Christina Klebe, and Daniel Harris had pretty de- decent chemistry amongst each other as like the new girls in this one. And I think Scout was actually a pretty good final girl. And uh, Sherry's performance was also very good in this one. And I, I think the locations worked pretty well. And he, he actually shot a lot of the locations in South Pasadena where they shot yeah. the original, which yeah. is very cool. Um. But yeah, like there's a lot of funny humor in there. Like I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch, and shit like that. Let me pass this beast in peace. I almost use that as my quote for referencing my pick because that whole scene is extremely fun. I mean, he does interject a lot of humor into the movie, and some of it comes off as very stilted and unnatural because he has a weird way of presenting it. But if you know his humor, um, it's mixed in with all of the, you know, the hate threats and really vicious comments towards women in the movie as well um but i mean <laughs> that, that's just what he's doing in the movie i mean and, and to be fair but it is a great pick and i i totally understand with every sense of who i am as a halloween fan why people love and enjoy or appreciate this movie mm-hmm. I, I i personally think it blows david gordon green's 2018 out of the water that's my opinion okay now i can't agree with you now you need to get the fuck off I think it's a lot more fun. I think I think aspects of his are better, but aspects of his aren't better. I think they both are mixed very much, but I don't know. No, one was trying to do something original. Yeah, yeah. Also with including something the studio required, which was literally a beat-for-beat beat remake, and the other was also trying to do the same thing. It's literally just they're, they're two people trying to do the same thing but differently. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, pretty much. They both could have been a lot better, for sure. Number Hello. two. Number, number two. Number dose. Hey, yeah! Dead Radio! Yeah! Jeremy's the super beast. I'm a super beast! So, my <laughs> my number two is... Number two. <laughs> the monsters bitch holy fuck at number two number, number two, two. how could that be even possible dude it's possible. you know why it's possible. It, it's, it's it, hey man if you stop and you listen 
it's possible. It is possible. Oh my um, god, dude! I watched the trailer for this just like you guys did, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that looks that looks awful. It doesn't look good. They didn't do a good job with the trailer. It was literally like." Rob Zombie sat down on a MacBook Pro and was like, I'm just going to string these couple things together. And there's the trailer. Um, honestly, I feel like if what would have been beneficial is, you know, the very end of the movie, which was the opening to the original Monsters uh, show, where, you know, Herman comes crashing through the door and everybody walks through the door and shit like that. That honestly should have been the only trailer for the movie. Because then it would have been like, okay. I like how that looked, and now I want to see the movie. But that's giving us the trailer—that's a great fucking point, dude. Giving us the trailer that he gave us, it just—it didn't give us any idea of what this thing was, and it looked weird, and it just—it's—it looked, dude, it looked cheaper in the trailer for some reason than it did when you watched the movie. I, agree. I don't, I, I don't agree. know why. Like you watch it, and you're like, dude, it looks like. He like stood outside of a Seven Eleven and got a couple bucks off of somebody. Dude, when he when he when he and then actually came out and, and, and argued with fans about the the budget and saying that it was only a two million dollar budget versus people like yelling at him saying you had a ten or fifteen million dollar budget. W- w- now knowing how much the budget was and what he did with it, I'm actually astounded with the scope set was pieces huge. and the scope it, was huge. Seriously, like it, it, it looked good for that price. It, it really did, and like so, I went into this with like the bare minimum of expectation. What's funny is that the first time I watched the trailer, my six-year-old was like looking at the TV because I watched it on the TV and she watched it and was like, whoa. And then she didn't say anything about it for a couple days. And then she goes, dad, when can we watch that movie? And I said, well, what movie? She goes, the one where Frankenstein falls in love with that lady. That's what she called it. That lady. Frankenstein she knows falls her in love shit by calling her yeah. that lady too. Frankenstein falls in love with that lady. And so I was like, "Oh, the monsters. Yeah, we can watch that." So, I swear, had it not been for my daughter, I may not have watched this cuz I didn't like the trailer. It did nothing for me. And we watched it and I was totally expecting it to be like, "Ah, oh, fuck. Here we are." What I will say cuz I wasn't on the monsters uh review episode. What I will say is that I could not have been more pleasantly surprised at how much I love this fucking movie. Like oh, we, wow. There, there were there were wow. a couple a couple parts where, of course, it lags a little bit, and it's like I could see where people probably turned it off if they were going to turn it off because it's like, where's this going? It doesn't seem like the story is kind of going anywhere. But dude, go back and rewatch the show. It's kind of like. Insert clapping effect right here. Insert that sound effect, Justin. You're too drunk to remember, and you'll forget to put it in. But, yes, here's where we're clapping for Jeremy. Yeah, like, go back and rewatch the show. I will say the one thing that this is missing, because, like, dude, I was never a Munsters diehard. I watched it when I was a kid, when it was on, like, TV Land and all that shit or whatever. I liked it well enough, but it wasn't something that I was ever fanatical about. But... I I will say the one thing that this movie is missing, two things actually, is one, like you stated earlier, it should have been black and white, but modern audiences would have probably steered away from that if it was black and white because they're like, well, I don't want to watch this. There's no color. It's because we're all spoiled. And then two is the laugh track. Fuck. If they would have had a laugh track like the show had, 
I do honestly, holy shit, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That wasn't even a point that I've seen any any single other person actually bring up anywhere else. Dude, that was so it was such a big part of the original show. Me and me and my daughter, we loved the movie so much. We immediately started watching excuse me. Sorry, I'm like getting over a thing. Um, we immediately started watching old episodes again. And I watched the first five episodes of the Monsters TV series back to back to back to back. And God damn, they're so charming. Monst- uh, Rob Zombie's Monsters is a perfect intro into that show because it's like we watched that and then immediately watched a bunch of episodes. And it's like, oh, it's like a jump forward after Zombie's movie. And now, you know, they've got they've got little Eddie. <clears throat> they've got Marilyn. Grandpa shaved his 70s fucking mustache. You know, it was cool, but it immediately made me go, fuck, the laugh track. If they would have had the laugh track in those moments, Kellen, where you said that the jokes didn't all land, had they had that laugh track, I feel like it would have gave it more charm. Maybe. And to be fair, because uh, back when television was a thing and that show aired in the 60s and camp was massive. I mean, this and the Adams Family came right before Batman in 66, which was the breakout hit in terms of camp. They put that laugh track in everything. I mean, it became a staple up until the 90s. I mean, I'm pretty sure they still use it in shit today in a weird way. But, like, yeah. they put that in places to engage you to go, oh, that's funny. You're that supposed funny. to laugh here. Yeah. And then you you engage with it and you automatically laugh. I mean, the, yeah. The set pieces were fucking incredible. Lester, Lily's brother, was fan fucking tastic i i loved watching his character interact with any of the other characters he was he was just great orlock was great i just dude it took me a minute i i initially i was like oh man sherry moon is awful in this i came around i saw what she was doing and i went okay this is this is her interpretation of the character and I made peace with it as I was watching it. Do I think it was the most groundbreaking performance? No. But I saw it and I was like, okay, I get it. I can dig it. That's cool. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, but Jeff Daniel Phillips, I, his version of Herman, I, I felt was really funny. He had, he had, you know, obviously he was the star and he was, he was the, you know, comedic relief of the film. I really had a great time with this fucking movie and it reintroduced the monsters to me because that's not something that I've gone back and, and revisited. And I'm so glad for zombies monsters because now I'm going back and rewatching the show and I'm having the best time with it. Amazing pick. Never expected you to say that, but absolutely wonderful. And I do I'm wish, a- I, I do wish that Sherry uh, did kind of what uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips did and just kind of did her own version of Evonne Carlo. Couldn't agree. I think think she went a little bit too hard trying to copy all all her mannerisms. I didn't fit in the more there, but yeah, couldn't agree more with you there, Kellen. That was my hugest issue with the movie, and uh, she brought it down massively for me. I just wish, actually, my my point of view was she shouldn't have been cast. Um, But of course, we knew she was going to be. and, and there we are. And I'm going to skip really quick forward to my number two so we can get to our number one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a top five Rob Zombie countdown, motherfucker. And yes, this is probably high for most, but welcome. Whores of Salem, I can taste the foul stench of your ancestors rotting in the folds of filth between your fucking legs. 
Lords of Salem is at my number two. Wow. And yeah. I came to this movie way later. Did not see it in the theater. I remember it was a limited engagement, I, I believe. I'm pretty sure. I, I remember seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't in every theater. And I had lots of friends going out for it. And I was like, I'm not fucking watching that movie. He's already burned me. And I watched it one year and I felt a little bit warm towards it. And I'm like, maybe I'll revisit that the next year. And then I did. And then I did again. And it really shows like the audacity and how much Rob Zombie really wants to be a filmmaker here. He really delves into Italian vibes here. Not saying he makes a giallo, but in terms of the visuals of this movie, he really has an eye for the camera. And I think, Kellen, you already referenced this earlier, how beautiful the film looks. Jeremy, you as well. The movie, just it's probably in terms of like the visual standpoint, I could just watch this movie. And it's the most interesting visually for me out of all of his movies. And he did so much of the stuff in Salem, uh, guerrilla style, where he didn't have permits. And that just goes to show like what kind of filmmaker Rob Zombie is. And he really captured not the essence of what Salem actually is, because if you go there, it's actually not like this at all, but what people perceive it to be. And, you know, taking the ancient myths of witches and this darkness and evil that follows them throughout the centuries And I do totally agree. His wife is actually really fantastic in this movie. It's probably the best role written for her because she's not given that much to do. I don't feel like Um, it's very low key and she's fantastic. And I really enjoy this movie. So at my number two, it's Lords of Salem. And I'm probably like Jeremy said earlier on, I'm going to fucking watch this one this season as well. Yo, Daniel Roebuck was supposed to be in that, you know? He was. No shit. Yeah, he was supposed to be interviewed on a TV in in one of those shots, but they used like old footage instead. So, yeah. We are down, ladies and gentlemen. We are down, actually, in the ditches right now. Burning them. And burning them witches. The obvious choice here. We're at number one, and and we're going to give it to our boy, Kellen. Kellen ends. Our guest, Kellen ends. For his number one Rob Zombie movie, it's The Devil's Rejects. Let's be honest here. Yeah, I, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a really good movie. I, I think it's. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, and I think it. The music just works so well, and it carries the movie so well. And it's the absolute best use of Rob Zombie dialogue. You know, with the trailer trash humor at its fucking best. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. What would you say, Jeremy? Would you say Halloween's a little funnier? Overall, oh man, yeah, these yeah. two for sure are the best for sure. At least, at least in Devil's Rejects, <clears throat> it it seems like the the comedy, uh, was intentional yeah. with the dialogue, like Tutti fucking fruity and stuff like that, and we'll shit the bed, and you know, and all that good stuff. Chicken but, fucking, yeah, I ain't no chicken fucker. <laughs> um, but when you Rob Zombie's Halloween, I feel like that was not intentionally mm. written to be funny. So yeah. well. I mean, some of the skull fucking. I don't know. I just feel like that's how he thinks people talk. Yeah, I think that scene was sort of funny. Um, 
but yeah, like seeing like EG Daily talk about hand jobs is very uncomfortable for me. Seeing that you know I grew up watching Rugrats and Rugrats, you can still, yeah, you can still hear a fucking Tommy voice in her normal voice while Dude, she's saying yeah. all that. <laughs> so that that seems a little uncomfortable for me, but you know my titties don't flap. I love all the, <laughs> all those all those fucking great one liners yep. and uh, you know Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees. Look at these. Yep, classic. You know, Sher- Sherry is definitely at her all-time best here. I, yeah. I, I oh, definitely sure. think I definitely would say this is her best role. Um, I do you know like I've, her hot though. I've still never finished Three from Hell. I turned it off, man. Um, I need to go back and rewatch it. That is um, a horrendous movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still need to try and get through it because I, I I do like the characters. So let's ask yeah. Justin. Justin, how do you feel <laughs> about Three Three from Hell? You know, I only saw it one time actually and it was passively <laughs> and it was after jeremy told me i needed to watch it i'm uh-huh. i'm remembering this three from hell yeah i never finished that one you told me i needed to i remember this well I, i'm remembering I, it in a drunk phase you, and yeah, i watched maybe, it maybe because i never even finished that movie myself <laughs> no so. I, remember, I, I think it was a matter of like you just need to like when you say that sometimes you're like you're like passive like you just need to watch it for yourself kind of thing yeah okay okay yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like that and i was like okay and i'll watch it and i put it on i think i rented it or something and i watched like 35 minutes to 45 minutes of it and fell asleep so um but i will say from my um recollection of watching it it it, it looked cheap it did not connect to the other two for me at all whatsoever and i felt like it was very shoehorned into the trilogy or whatever the connection was and just did not work. Uh, and that's why it's I, a, yeah. it's, a movie that it's a movie that should have been scrapped. I think. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like I understand the, the reason behind why it was made and the fanfare and why people wanted it. I mean, you're right in saying that devil's rejects is arguably his best movie subjectively and objectively. Um, that doesn't mean that I think it's his best, but I yeah. understand why people do. When you watch it, it feels like a movie. It feels like a film. Um, Three from Hell. Uh, I just, I mean, I can remember being pretty drunk watching it and being like, still like, no, that ain't nothing. I'm gonna remember, boy. I'm gonna go back <laughs> to the trailer park and go drink a fucking bottle of Mr. <laughs> Balsam's. Yeah, six pack of fucking high life. Mm-hmm. Damn right. There it, is. there it is. There it is. Get her done. Get her done. Yeah, but like you know, I fu- I hate the fact that it ended so well with rejects. Like that whole finale is one of the coolest endings ever in a horror movie with just the free bird playing and like I've never seen music paired so well. I like the end of like a horror movie like that. And you know, there's no way they survived that. I mean, they all got shot like a hundred thousand times by a whole firing squad of cops. Like, you're not going to survive. I don't think he ever wanted to make another one of them, but it got to the point where he was like, you know, I'm a big fan of money, and people love these characters, so this could be a win-win for everybody. Let let me please the fans, and let me make some money. Yeah, but maybe maybe one of them could have survived. Like, there's, like, definitely a shot of, like, Sid Hag or Bill or one of them gets shot, like, directly in the chest. Like, there's no way you're going you're gonna to survive from that. But yeah. it could have worked maybe if, like, Sherry or one of them just got out alive somehow. But, but Callan, you know this. Hashtag movie magic. True, I guess. I mean, sometimes when people try to find explanations for things, 
myself included, I literally just throw that out there and I'm like, oh, well, that's just kind of what they want to do. And you either go with it or you don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, unfortunately, that's the world we live in now where, you know, franchises are so important that we forget logic. We forget plot. We forget character motivation. We forget all of the above in order to be like, yeah, it's cool to see them back though. Isn't it? They're on the screen again with other characters or just, you know, 10 years later. And that's just where we're at as a society. I think in terms of general moviegoers and hardcore horror fans or just movie fans in general, for sure. I think I think the coolest thing Rob did with this movie. I mean, in, in House of Thousand Corpses, we fucking can't stand these characters. Like, we want to see you know the people that they're they're beating on, they're killing. Like, we want to see them kill them. Um, in this film, though, Rob flips all that, and he literally gets you to root for the bad guys, which is one of the coolest situations you could possibly see in a film, and that's very rare to come by. And you know, even even William Forsythe's character, you're kind of rooting for at the same time for a little bit at least until he gets like really crazy and he starts to get kind of annoying. And then at that point, you're just like you want you want to see the bad guys win and you want to see them get away. And I don't know, I, I find that part of this movie really really fascinating to me. And um, you know, I love I love when he gets killed too, when Forsythe gets killed by Tiny and he gets his his neck twisted off basically and, and flipped backwards and then gets like thrown on the ground like a fucking rag doll. That was a great, great kill for that guy. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Freebird closing out the movie was just a great bookend on it. I feel like there was no more to be said after that. Yeah. But I also love, I also love Ken Foray and Michael Berryman talking about chicken fucking. Dude, so good. That is one of the greatest scenes of the movie. Not not chicken fucking, but what about chicken hunting? Who's going chicken hunting? We's going chicken hunting. Oh, yeah. Anyone going to get that reference? Me, no. Gathering of the Juggalos, 2002, Ooh. hanging out with ICP, smoking a big, fat, massive, fucking blunt with Violent J and Shaggy, too dope. Ain't That's crazy. Y'all get that. In Detroit. 20 years ago? 2002 was 20 years ago, wasn't it? Damn, yeah. that's so crazy. <laughs> I was asking you because I'm like, is my math off? <laughs> that's what it I doesn't graduated. feel like 20 years ago. I remember 2002. That was a great year. Then I went to prison for five years. <coughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, holy fuck, Jeremy, dude, we're we're Let's on to you. We're on you. We're My on you. numero uno. There you are. Is of course the Devil's Reject. Of course. Yes. Of course. Oh, of course. Of course. I've mentioned this movie on the show before. You have, and I'm a big fan of it. It's Rob Zombie took. His original House of Thousand Corpses, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre formula, and made a western, essentially, where there was going to be a showdown between this family and this sheriff that was in pursuit of them. And from the very beginning of this movie until the very end of the movie, I was enthralled in this story. And it was cool seeing different sides of these characters because in House of a Thousand Corpses, they were just bad people doing bad things. We get to see them, their family dynamic, that they fucking, they care about each other. They love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the 2D fucking fruity, you know, part of the movie where it's just, it was almost like a family on a road trip together 
but they're also homicidal, psycho. Reminds me a lot maniacs. of uh, Natural Born Killers, Thelma and Louise, a little bit in terms of those Absolutely. road movies where those characters are doing bad things, but they're just so likable and you connect with them. Yeah. And it's just, it's for me a pretty fucking perfect movie. There's not a whole lot that I would change about this movie. Mm-hmm. And in that moment in time when this movie came out, I said, holy shit rob zombie is the next coming of the horror masters and i i i was convinced i was convinced dude everybody was convinced everybody was so convinced that just like what you said justin when he got announced for halloween we celebrated because we believed I'm with in him. you on that that's we why I'm, be- I'm choking for a second there because i was with you and i remember dude yeah we, we were we were all sitting there wherever yeah. we were like literally rejoicing like this is the fucking perfect dude. Like we can't wait to see what his career has to offer. He's there. Yeah. This is Devil, it. Devil's yeah. Rejects was the pinnacle for him because it was a it was a good success financially, but also people collectively really fucking loved that movie. So when he got announced for Halloween, it was like everybody celebrated. Every horror fan celebrated and show business how quickly things and people will turn against you you make some movies and some things that people don't like and they're like ah fuck you you're a hack but for that moment in time he was he was on top of his game and he was a celebrated filmmaker there is no fucking ice cream in your fucking future jeremy <laughs> I love so you. dude I, I i love i love you too um don't go into the light kellanan so <laughs> this uh it's it's i love it man i love it um it's been a while since i've watched this one too i'm due for a rewatch on this one as well I'm as well i'm as well I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm waiting for the uh eventual 4k ultra hd okay. i actually watched it today and i watched corpses last night because jeremy hit me up yesterday he's like oh we're doing a podcast i'm like okay <laughs> i tried watching i tried watching all three before look this, at how but... prepared you are i'm so yeah. proud of you kellen i know you're, I you're you you probably were going to be too busy out meeting celebrities instead so you took your time to watch movies i did talk with I us did. so look at you ladies and gentlemen while you're sitting in your car or where you're at the gym or just walking down the sidewalk and you're listening to this episode applaud kellen for for doing this please <laughs> i applaud you Do it. rub your thing your fingers or whatever you... or rub whatever you have you know unbutton your pants and whatever it was that's under there you know oh, rub, that too. rub that eight inch softy <laughs> eight oh. inch softy <laughs> jesus oh jesus all right well it's my number one so yeah well fuck you mama here it is house of a thousand corpses i knew it. it it had to be because i'm the oldest i'm old yeah. as fuck and i remember the lead up to this movie and uh-huh. how exciting it was and how long we fucking waited for it and all yeah. the behind the scenes hoopla. I mean, this is when the internet was like still in its infancy and like you were just that guy in message boards and, and, and reading stuff and I'll never forget seeing the trailer and in a theater years before it got released and being super fucking excited, like could not fucking wait. Like growing up a white zombie fan 
and you heard he was making this movie called House of a Thousand Corpses, and you were like, "Dude, this is gonna be yeah. this is gonna be it, right?" And then you're waiting for years, and you're like, "Okay, is that not happening?" This is before yeah. I was well informed or understood the film business or anything at all, and and then it became a thing where the first time I ever watched this movie, I mentioned his name earlier in the show, and I know he doesn't really listen religiously, but my friend Nate Clark. And the first time I watched this movie, I was tripping on acid. And <laughs> of course. Holy fuck. What the actual fuck? Um, I remember, like, not wanting to leave the house the next day. Like, no. How did acid enhance this viewing? Um, in the best way possible, actually. Because it was the only thing I took that night. Because at that time, I wasn't doing anything else. Oh, um, I was just working on an album for one of my bands at the time and it was like a special occasion thing where I was kind of peer pressured into it to be honest with you and mm-hmm. it was like well we got the movie it's here we're finally going to watch it for the first time dude we're doing this you want to do it and I was like you know what it's it's enhancing the movie I'm not like going out on the town I'm not going to go hang out with anybody else I'm here with close friends in this and and, and here's the thing about my friend Nate Clark and, and his dad who I grew up around a lot and he was a huge influence on me in terms of horror he showed me the hellraiser movies and he always had a massive huge big screen tv and surround sound system in his living room um where i could feel comfortable and enjoy the movie and 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 be myself and i watched that movie tripping on acid and it, it enhanced it tenfold like it was one of the most amazing experiences i ever felt and i'll never forget like going to Walmart like within the following weeks and buying it on DVD and just being a massive fan of it. And to me, it was just like, you know, his version of Texas Chainsaw, you know, at that time, you got to think of this realistically, like not that many filmmakers had tried to do their own version of Texas Chainsaw up until that point. It was like, now it's like cliche, like, well, this is just like him doing Texas Chainsaw. Like people said about, you know, Ty West doing X which is totally untrue and like unfounded in every way. But it's like at that time we understood what he was trying to do. And, and yes, the dialogue is bad, but when you look at it visually, you see where he came from a music video director doing all of his own music videos for the longest time. And just being a creative guy uh, with the music and the horror aspects and his influences for me at least still today that's why it's at number one it's the purest rob zombie movie so my number one it's house of a thousand corpses and of course captain spaulding i mean i r.i.p i to this day guys and i'll say this and i'll leave our listeners with this i still regret this to this day where one of the last times i was at a horror convention with sid Haig, i was standing right next to him he shook my hand. I fist bumped him. We were standing. He was at a small table in Maryland. Monster Mania, Jeremy. You were at the same one. Yep, yep. I remember that. And, it was the last time. It was the last time I got to spend any time with him. And I could have met him for nothing. nothing. Zero. Literally, literally nothing. And he wow. literally said hello to me, greeted me, we talked, and then I went over to meet Zach Galligan instead, and that was it. And then I left because I was busy and I had to go home. And I still to this day regret it. He was just sitting there by himself. No one was talking to him. It was on a Sunday and it was empty. And I wish that the 
new me, the inner me now, told the old me, like, dude, you need to, you need to, like, at least engage with this guy, give him some money, and get a picture. I don't care about his autograph. I just want to meet him and document he would have, that. He would have taken the picture for free. That's the worst part. So that's the hard part, and he was not, definitely not to throw salt in there. Hey, 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 hey man! It, it, if it's fair, it's fair. But I mean, to be to be true to it, it's just something I'll always regret. But, ladies and gentlemen, all that sadness aside, <laughs> this was our top five Rob Zombie movies. Robert Zombie, the 52nd. Robert Zombie, also the singer from White Zombie, also a guy. I don't, what's his real last name? Uh, Winkle or Finkle it. or some shit? Like Winkle, like Rob Van Winkle? I don't fucking know. Dick Wrinkle? Jesus Christ! But we got to thank our buddy Kellen from Kellen's Petty Talk Show for once again guesting on the show, and oh, we are going to take a moment here. Kellen, just let us know where they can find you on social media and where they can find your show. You can. <laughs> that was great. You can find me at Kellen Pembleton. That's K E L L E N P E M B L E T O N, and at Kellen's Petty Talk Show on Instagram. And yeah, that's where you can find me. And Jeremy, if they want to find us on the socials, they want to find you personally, even though you don't like that kind of thing. Tell them um, where they can find us. You would have to really put your mind towards the fact and gravitate towards an energy that's going to help you pursue your ambition of digging through the ditches, burning, burning. through the witches. Burning through those witches. And the slamming. naked ones with the saggy tits <laughs> and the vaginas hanging to the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Slam in the back of my Dracula. Slam! That's... Dun, 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 dun. Look, the boys, the boys! Slam! So, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And yes, um, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at Epic Film Guys, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And there is soon to be everywhere. A, a brand new Brain Stew Instagram that'll be totally by itself, that'll be separate, which will also be sharing different Brain Stew stuff on a daily. So be looking out for that in the middle of October. We got merch coming. And different things. So also, we got a Patreon. So join it, and eventually, one of these days, we'll give you special shit. But otherwise, just give us money. Give it's us cool. The monies. Give, give the man his monies. Give us the monies. That's what Rob Zombie says. Give me the money. Give me the money. Yes. But thanks well, again, Kellen. Seriously, dude. Kellen, uh, dude. Thank you for having me. I love doing this. We always love having you on, man. You're always a joy. You always make me feel young, even though I'm not. I'm probably gonna have a heart attack tonight in bed. Oh no, no, no. no. His youth. But um, <laughs> listen to Kellen's show. It's fantastic. He interviews cool people. And uh, as we always say, you know, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm Kellen. And uh, we like to ask you to keep it. Baby, baby, baby,